0: That's joinMIDI.com.
1: It doesn't matter if you're playing 100, 200 cash, no limit hold'em, or $1, $2 cash, no limit hold'em. The victory of success is real. There's nothing else on the planet like playing poker, and winning poker is the most fun of all. If you play the lowest stakes, no limit hold'em at your local casino, this is the poker podcast for you. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Low Limit Cash Games Podcast. And thanks for joining me for another episode today. Got uh, kind of a, I guess, special and also a long overdue uh, episode of the Low Limit Cash Games podcast. So we really do specialize talking about um, the lowest limits of your local poker room. Most places that's going to be a 1-2. At some places it's a 2-2. But, um, you know, people who come here are primarily people who are looking to play for the first time or maybe been playing six months or maybe playing a year. I also talk to people who have been playing a long time and just, you know, are either break-even or losing players and want to improve their game. So, a lot of people do um, enjoy the podcast, and I get messages all the time. That's why I really love doing what I do here is because I just get so many kind messages from you. And um, what prompted this was actually... You know, this is a short fall on my part. This is something I should have done a long time ago, but today's uh, uh, podcast is going to be directly to newbies. Now, this will come in two parts. It'll be, maybe you're going to a poker room to play poker in a poker room for the first time ever. Maybe you've played, you know, some stuff at home with your friends or something like that, but like you've never played, let's say you've never played online for real mon- uh, uh, real money and you've never gone to a casino or a poker room and played for real money. Um, this is for you. And then also, some questions about folks who have just only played online. So you're familiar with the game and maybe you have a little bit of experience online, but you've never played live and you're a little bit nervous about the differences and things. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And big shout out to Andrew K, who actually sent me a message on Instagram and said um, uh, he actually t- took a drive out to Vegas and said he listened to about 15 episodes of the podcast on the drive out there and enjoyed it. And then says, "I'd uh, uh, make a suggestion. Uh, maybe you've done it, but do a podcast on people breaking their live cherries, nerves, etiquette, go over straddles and all that kind of stuff. I uh, Appreciate your efforts and we'll continue to listen more. So thanks to uh, Andrew for listening and sending me that message because I was thinking, you know, I have covered some new things, but I haven't done like a definitive here's everything you need to know podcast. So first of all, if you want to message me, that's the way to do it. Social media. I am on the Instagram and Facebook. Look for Low Limit Cash Games Podcast. You'll see that lovely neon green logo. You'll know you found the right place. Um, so make sure you do that. That's how you can shoot me messages. We'll try to answer you back. And if you haven't subscribed wherever you get your podcast, make sure you subscribe. One other quick thing: we have now started a Patreon. Um, so many people want to do phone calls, want to do coaching, want to know if I do training videos, and I'm like, look, I'm not looking for a job. I don't ever want to have a job again. I'm not starting a training site. Really, I just don't have any intentions of doing one-on-one coaching. Now, look, everything changes in life. Maybe one day I'll wake up and go, man, I'd really love to coach somebody one-on-one. But right now, I just don't see that happening. But um, I came with a compromise. I'm like, you know what? I'll do a Patreon. And on Patreon, uh, we'll give you some perks. And you'll chunk me a few bucks a month. Basically, buy me a coffee. Um, make it dirt cheap. I'll try to over deliver on what I give you over there and, um, be a little bit more advanced on the training side. And, uh, we'll have a little community, a little bit tight knit communities that's a, just a, a much smaller audience than people who listen to the free podcast and some of the training videos over there. I'll do extra podcast episodes. Uh, we can converse back and forth. There's this, you know, feature where when, you know, when an episodes posted, you can comment underneath and discussions can happen. Um, another little perk is you'll get uh, episodes of the podcast about a week early, so uh, you'll be in the know before the free podcast listeners are on the regular podcast, so there's a lot of stuff you want to check that out. A couple ways you can get there is go to lowlimitcashgames.com or patreon.com slash lowlimitcashgames. With all that being said, let's jump right into today's content. I'm going to try to cover everything, so, um... Let's say you're a newbie walking into a poker room, your local poker room or, or casino in the, their poker room for the first time, and you've just only played at home, you know, played those crazy poker games you play at home. There's not a lot of rules and structure. It's mostly for fun, uh, but you want to, you know, you're looking to give it a shot. You're trying to learn. You want to start playing in the poker room. You're just nervous about all these different rules and protocols that happen. Um, nerves can get the best of you, but look, you just got to take that step and do it the first time. And I promise you before long, you'll just love it. It, It's, you know, getting over that initial hump, you know, I guess it would really be intimidating for some people. And then secondarily, we have people that play online. And so they've played maybe a lot of hold'em, but they've never actually had to post their blinds or count their opponent's chip stack or know how much money's in the pot. And you're like, you have to do all these things live yourself. So there are some protocols, things like straddles and stuff that you don't really see online other things like that so we're going to talk about them so we'll start out with the simplest things which is blind so um, when you play no limit hold them there's a small blind and a big blind so if you're playing one two no limit that means the small blind is one and the big blind is two and these are uh, forced bets and it rotates around the table in a clockwise fashion so um you're gonna to have to pay $2 to play at some point. Now, when you first walk in and you get seated at a table, you'll register, you'll go find the desk where the um, brush is or the floor is. or It's called different things in different rooms. Basically, it's the brush desk or the, uh, the desk for the floor, or you'll see somebody there and tell them you wanna play and tell them what size stakes you wanna play. And, um, you know, they'll get you on a list and then they'll get you seated when a seat opens up and you'll sit down. So when you first sit down at a table, you can start playing right then. Very firsthand, you can start playing. Now, unless it just happens to be that seat that you sit down in, unless it just happens to be that seat's turn to pay the big blinds, you don't have to pay anything. You can just jump right in and play for free. You also have the option to wait for the big blind. You can go, look, I'm not ready to play right now. I'll just wait till the big blind gets to me. And you can wait, um, you know, watch what's happening at the table till the big blind gets to you. And then when the big blind gets to you, then you'll, you'll have to post. So make sure you know you have both of those options, right? So waiting to post, is there a benefit to that? Let's say, um, let's say that, the, the, the button, which is, uh, the dealer button, which is the last person to act and the person to the left of the button does the small blind and the person to the left of them does the big blind. Let's say when you sit down at the table, you look and Well, lo and behold, the guy to your left has the button. Um, That means you're going to go several, several hands before the big blind ever gets to you. So this means you theoretically can sit there and say, look, I I don't want any cards. I just want to watch and I'll wait for the big blind to play. And you can watch what everybody at the table does for the next, you know, four, five, six hands, depending on, you know, how many players are at the table. And this could be a way to get comfortable. It could be a way to get accustomed to how people are interacting with each other and kind of the vibe of the table, see what people are doing, how bets are being made and things like that. So, um, you know, if that that will make you feel more comfortable, by all means uh, do that. Um, I'll even go so far as to say this. If you sit down at the table and you happen to sit down in the seat that is due to pay the big blind next... You can still wait. You can say, uh, I'm not quite ready yet. I want to get settled in. Um, just uh, skip me and I want to wait till the big blind comes back around. Um, and they'll do that too. So don't be intimidated. You absolutely uh, have the options to do those things. Um, I want to talk about one uh, little strange issue that comes up from casino to casino and the rule is different from casino to casino. But for, let's say for some reason you had to go to the bathroom, right? And the next hand, you were going to be the big blind. You were going to have to pay. But you were in the bathroom. And then you come back and you sit down and that hand is over. And now it's time for you. You would be in the small blind. Um, You can do what's called buying the button at most casinos. So what this means is that you'll pay the $2 big blind that you missed because you were in the bathroom. And you'll also pay the small blind that you're due to pay now. And what this essentially does is you're paying both blinds like you normally would have. You're just doing it all in the same hand. And the reason it's called buying the button is because of the very next hand, you will get the button. You will be the button. However, if you choose to not buy the big blind and just sit out and wait, this hand that you would have bought the button in, you're not going to be able to play it. Then the button will move to your left, so you'll never get the chance to be the button. The button will move to your left and then you'll still have to post the big and small blind. So you're going to have to post big and small blind either way. Um, So just go ahead and buy the button just because you earn, because you earn the button, which is something you won't earn if you don't do it when you are the small blind, just a little thing. Some rules have, some rooms have some slightly different rules about buying the button. Um, You don't have to come up with that on your own. If you sit down and it's an option, the dealer will ask you, Hey, you want to buy the button? And just, you know, yes or no is fine. They'll tell you what you need to do. You can say, no, what do I need to do to come in after that? And she'll say, we well, just wait, 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 wait. And then you say, yeah, I do. what does that mean I owe? And they'll tell you what you owe. So just ask. So now let's talk about betting line. So, you know, if, you, if you're one of those people that's played online, you just push a button and you say, I want to bet $2. You just push the bet $2 button and the $2 is bet, right? In a live poker room, there is a line of demarcation whereby, If your chips are in one spot, you haven't bet anything. If your chips are in another spot, you have bet, right? And it varies from room to room. So most poker rooms, when you sit down at the table on the felt, you'll see this circle that's imprinted into the felt that goes all the way around. And in some rooms for your bet to be legal, you have to place your chips inside that oval. That goes around so you'll see the line goes all the way around the table once you pick up some chips you move them forward and you go over that line and drop them that's a bet um in other rooms it's just forward motion so let's say you pick up some chips you have like let's say you have ten dollars in your fingers you pick them up you move forward with them towards the middle of the table once you do that forward motion that's a bet then you have other rooms which is like my homeroom which is the only and I've played. Let me. I've played a lot of poker rooms. Uh, basically, for the last four years, I've done nothing but travel and play poker. So I've played in a lot of poker rooms, and still to this date, my local home room is the only room I'm aware of that does this. But your cards are considered your betting line. So you have your cards on the table in front of you, face down. Your chips are behind the cards. In other words, they're between you and your cards. So they're behind the cards, up against the rail. And when you make a bet, you pick up some chips and you move them past the front edge of your po- of your cards. That's moving them past the line. So the line on the table is irrelevant. The cards are your line. It's a kind of a weird thing. <laughs> um, just ask. I'm just going to tell you right now. When you sit down, if it's a new room or your first time playing, and this is for experienced players, when you come to go to a new room, ask them what is the betting line. What In what dictates I have just made an action with my chips? Um, Because it it really is different from every room. So you kind of need to know. It's very important to know. Talking about betting, let's talk about acting out of turn. Um, Again, if you never played before, only at home, or if you've only played online, everything's automated for you online. Um, When you're in a live poker room, you have to act in turn. And it's pretty egregious to act out of turn because it affects the action that other people may do. So make sure that you don't fold until it goes to you to fold and the action goes clockwise. So you'll want to wait till everybody that's to your right that sh- that has cards that could act have acted before you act. Same goes with betting. Don't start putting, you know, you don't put chips out there until it gets to you. Um, if you're unsure about this, most dealers, even bad dealers, will indicate from player to player to player. They'll kind of point or make a motion in direction when it's your action. So if you have any question, just kind of follow the dealer's uh, motions. And worst case scenario, if you just really don't have any kind of clue, you can just ask the dealer, go, is it on me? And the dealer will go, yeah, it's your turn. Or they'll go, no, not yet. I mean, you, just, remember, you can always ask the dealer anything. It's never wrong to ask the dealer a question ever. Um, I'm going to talk about oversized chip rules. So again, when you play online and let's say somebody bets $5 and you want to raise them 15, you just move your little slider up to 15 and click bet and it's going to bet 15 for you or whatever. Um, let's make it, let's make it different. Let's say, let's say somebody has bet 10 and you want to raise to 25. And you slide it up to twenty-five and click raise, and it'll put twenty-five in there for you. Now, when you're in an actual poker room, let's say somebody's bet ten, and you want to raise and make it twenty-five. If you just pick up a twenty-five-dollar chip, which in most rooms is green, but in like in California and some other places they have weird colors, but twenty-five dollars. Just say you pick up a twenty-five-dollar chip. So the person before you, let's say they made it ten dollars. You want to raise to twenty-five, and you just pick up a twenty-five-dollar chip. And you, and you put it out in the middle. That is going to be a call if you don't say anything. It's called the oversized chip rule. So if you just put one oversized chip into the middle without announcing that it's a raise, it's just a call. And I see a lot of newbies get hung up on this. It happens a lot. Well, I've seen a lot of experienced players get hung up on it too. So how do you fix that? How do you avoid that? You just always announce that you're raising. Um... There's two ways to verbalize your bet. Uh, you can just say, I'm going to raise, and then whatever you put in the middle is the raise. Or you can say, uh, I'm going to bet or raise and announce the amount, and that's the safest way to go. I'm going to raise to 25 then put your $25 chip out there. What's good about verbalizing is that if you somehow make a mistake with your chips, like um, this actually happened to me, about a month ago, I was actually going to bet $25. And I quickly picked up a $25 chip. And if you haven't played in poker rooms much, uh, the cleanliness and stickiness of the chips varies from poker room to poker room. <laughs> and these chips happen to be kind of sticky. They really need to be cleaned. And I picked up a twenty $25 chip. I picked it up and tossed it into the middle to bet $25. And the $25 chip under it was stuck to it and it went out with it. And so I bet $50 because I didn't say anything. I just picked it up and tossed it to bet. Now,
0: it's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
1: Had I picked it up and said uh, bet 25 and thrown it out there, and that other $25 chip had been stuck to it, I would not have been betting 50. They would have let me pull one of those $25 chips back because I had announced that I was betting 25. So verbalizing is always the safest bet. Um, I kind of recommend that you just make it a habit, and that way you just really never have an issue ever. if You just always verbalize. And um, look, I don't always do it, but I do try to do it from time to time. Um. Something else that you'll see in casinos that you don't see when you're playing poker online is a straddle. So the straddle is a blind raise that gets the option of acting last pre-flop. So normally, you have, a, you have your dealer button. To the left of that is the small blind. To the left of that is the big blind. To the left of the big blind is the first person to act. It acts all the way around to the dealer button. Then it gets to the small blind. The small blind makes their decision. And then it gets to say you're the big blind. Then it gets to you and you act last because you're in the big blind. If you straddle, it's called a live straddle. Let's say you straddle under the gun. So there's a dealer button. To the left of that is a small blind. To the left of that is the big blind. And then let's say to the left of that is you. And you're under the gun. You're the first person to act. So you have to act first. But you can straddle which depending on the stakes is either doubling the big blind or some other set amount. And you can either just watch what other players do or you can ask the dealer what the size of the straddle is for the table. Um, I'll say a ton of one-two games in all casinos that I play at, the, 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 the uh, live straddle is $5. So if it's a $1, $2 table, instead of doubling the two dollar big blind to four they actually just make it five but then I've played in some rooms where it's just the double if the blinds are one dollar two dollar then your straddle is four dollars so it, it again it kind of varies and then I've played some rooms where you can straddle for any amount up to like you could straddle 50 if you wanted so again just ask your dealer what are the straddle rules they'll t- they're happy to tell you but if you straddle you get to act last most rooms have two have two options. Some other rooms throw in a even more strange and crazy third option. So, most rooms you either can straddle under the gun only. So that's the first person to act. So you have button to the left small blind, left that big blind, and then the person that's first to act is called under the gun. You can straddle there, or some rooms. You can, And that's the only place you can straddle. Or some rooms you can straddle there or the button can straddle. So whoever has the button can straddle. Now varying from room to room will determine which one of those. If you can do both, like some rooms will only let you do one or the other. Like some rooms will only let you straddle under the gun. Some rooms will only let you straddle on the button. Some rooms will let either of those positions straddle, but one person gets the preference. So Let's say my local poker room, the button gets the preference. So if I'm the button and I want to straddle, and the under the gun person also wants to straddle, because I'm the button, I get the option to do it, and there's and they can't do it. And, you know, I'm, I have first right to, to straddle. And then some rooms do a straddle where you can straddle from any position at the table. You can literally be in any seat at the table, and you can straddle. And then some rooms add to that by saying you can straddle anywhere and straddle any amount. So just ask about the straddle rules. Um, If that's a new concept to you, you can definitely read more about it online, get more details, see examples of it in videos, et cetera, et cetera. All right, we're going to talk about a big one right now. This is a big one. This is very big. I can't tell you how many times I've seen not just new players, but like new players to a room like, like people that have been playing poker a long time, but they'll show up like at my local casino, for example, and they'll play poker and they will miss a a high hand bonus because they didn't understand the bonus rules. So, um, there's different ways rooms do bonuses, but one of the most common ways is high hands. And so it can go for, depending on the room and the day that, you know, they'll do it different amounts of time. Like some days they'll do it every 15 minutes. If it's a like a like a promote really high promotional day. And then some rooms they'll do it every hour. So basically what it means is whoever has the highest hand in that room during that period of time. So let's just say it's an hour. So starting at seven o'clock, starts the clock, whoever gets the highest hand in the room between seven and eight, when eight o'clock hits, whoever has scored the highest hand will get a bonus. And again, the bonus amount can depend on the room. Some rooms, it could be $100. Some rooms, it could be $500. Some rooms, it could be $800. Some rooms, it could be $1,000. I mean, it just depends. Which is, you think it's a cool thing. They're really just giving you your money back. When you play hands, they drop a little rate for themselves, and then they'll take like a dollar or $2 out and put it in a jackpot box. And, you know, you paid that money, and they're not doing you any favors. But it adds a little element of interest to recreational players, so... Um, The thing you need to ask about high hands, so when you sit down, maybe wait a hand or two if you'd like so you get comfortable, but ask the dealer, or better yet, before you ever sit down at the table, ask the person at the brush desk or the floor desk or whatever, are you running any promotions or are you doing a high hand promotion or something like that? And if they do, say, ask, how does it work? What are the qualifications at the table? And they'll tell you. One of the qualifications that's true at really every room I've ever played at is that they must drop the jackpot drop, and different rooms drop it in different ways. So let's say the jack tr- jackpot drop is a dollar, and most room, some rooms will take it right on the flop. So as soon as there's a flop, you get a board of, you know, you, you raise pre-flop, and then as soon as there's three cards out there for a flop, they will drop that dollar immediately. As soon as that dollar is dropped, you can, you're eligible to, somebody at the table is eligible to qualify for the high hand. But if the hand ends early and people fold and, and, uh, you know, they hadn't dropped the, the, the jackpot dollar yet or whatever, then it doesn't matter what your hand is. You're just, you're not going to be eligible for the high hand for it. And then there's other rules. Like uh, most all rooms says both of your cards have to play. So, you know, let's say you have, um, you know, quad aces. You have one ace in your hand. There's three aces on board, but you have ace deuce. So your deuce doesn't play as a kicker. Then that means only one of your cards plays because your kicker is on the board. And so that hand would not be eligible for the high end because both of the cards in your hand didn't play. That's a pretty common rule. So just ask them about the rules. They'll be kind. They'd be happy to, uh, answer your questions about them, but I I can't tell you how many people I've seen. Like, my room has a weird rule where you have to go to the river. Like, you don't have to bet and get called on the river. Like, if it gets to the river and you bet and everybody else folds, you can still flip your hand over and show that you have a high end. But you have to arrive at the river. You can't bet the turn and everybody fold on the turn and then flip your your quads over. It's irrelevant. They're like, well, you needed to go to the river. It's kind of a sucky rule, but like I said, every room has different rules, and I've seen too many people that'll come. Like sometimes people that play in Biloxi, Mississippi, will show up at our room, my local room. And in Biloxi, if the hand ends on the flop and you have quads, like you see a bet, raise, raise, and get it all in, you got quads or shove all in, and everybody folds, but you had quads and you flip them over. You know, as long as they've dropped that jackpot drop dollar in, you, you qualify right on the flop, but not at my local room. It's got to go to the river. So. Make sure you understand that because it would really suck to hit quads. And, you know, technically you'd be a shoe in at some rooms, depending on how many tables are playing, you know, to win the $500 high hand hourly bonus, but you didn't meet whatever drop, jackpot drop, or ho- go to the river or whatever rule or whatever. So just make sure you know the bonus and high hand rules. And finally, we'll talk about tipping. You know, this is something that doesn't happen online. It's something that doesn't happen in your home game, probably. Um, it is customary, although not required, to tip the dealer when you win a hand. So, some people, the more you win, the more they tip. You know, you win a twenty-five dollar pot, you throw the dealer a dollar. But if you win a thousand dollar pot, you might throw them fifteen or twenty or thirty dollars. And then other people, they just tip the dealer a dollar every time they win. doesn't matter what size the pot is. How much you tip is up to you. And it's really up to you if you tip at all. But I would say this. uh, Dealers are kind of like servers in a restaurant. That's how they make their money is tipping. You know, they don't really get paid. The salary they get paid is zilch. Like It probably barely covers their taxes at all. So the money they make is from tips. So if you win a pot, tip the dealer a dollar. Now, Let's say, it, it, here's an, uh, there's a couple of exceptions that, that, are, that are perfectly understandable. Everybody understands it. Nobody ever makes a big deal out of it. You know, let's say it folds around to you and you're the button or whatever, and you raise, and the blinds fold. The $1 small blind folds and the $2 big blind folds. Well, you won $3. Nobody's going to expect you to give the dealer one of the $3 you just won. That's a 33% tip. That's pretty extravagant, although you can many people do I have dealers that I like a whole lot like I really like them a ton if I if I win the blinds I'll give them a dollar um but most of the time I don't um so there's your etiquette on tipping it's also customary not required but they have chip runners, so if you get to the table and let's say you bust out on a hand and you want to buy in for another 100 or 200 and they call a chip runner over and the chip runner brings you chips and you give them money, you can or cannot tip that chip runner a dollar. It's up to you. I always do because that's not the only way to get chips. You can stand up from the table and you can go over to the cage and you can buy chips yourself and bring them back. So they're actually doing you a favor. Or, not a favor, but it's a convenience. It's a convenience so you don't have to get up and leave the table. It's a convenience. So, I always tip them a dollar. It's optional. I see a lot of people that don't tip them a dollar. And I'm just going to be honest with you right now. I don't know how they're paid. I don't know if they are paid the same way dealers are. So, um, it's optional. The other thing you can do is, like, if you do win a high hand, you win $300 high hand, $500 $500 hand one. Um, most people, uh, I would say probably about half the people at least, will tip whoever the dealer was that dealt them that hand a little bit more than, they, than just the $1 tip. They'll give them a little bit more. Again, that's completely optional. But tipping is always appreciated. It's always loved. You'll never go wrong tipping people. So tip to however you feel. Don't feel the need to over tip. Um, and you don't ever have to tip. Just Tip as you feel appropriate. The last thing I would say is, don't feel like you have to figure things out or ever be confused. Anytime you're at a poker table and hands are being played and you're involved, you can always ask the dealer whatever question you have. You don't know how much the guy at the under the table, uh, other end of the table, bet. You know he puts. There's like three little stacks of red chips and you can't tell if it's three stacks of $15 each or three stacks of $20 each. You, You can't tell from that far away or whatever. Just ask the dealer, what's the bet? And the dealer will count the bet for you and let you know what the bet is. Let's say you want to raise the minimum, which I don't advise in a lot of situations, but if for some reason you don't really know what the minimum raise would be or what you, uh, re, dealer, what's the minimum I can raise here? Um, yeah, you, know, you don't know if the action's on you for whatever reason you're confused about where the action is. You just, just ask the deal, dealer, is it on me? And they'll say, yeah, sure, whatever. Dealers are there to answer your questions. They're happy to answer your questions. I find very few dealers that have ever gotten annoyed with me for asking questions. I'm not saying it's never happened, but it's you know, in all my years of playing cards, it's maybe happened two or three times in a lifetime. I mean, just, you know, dealers are happy to answer questions. So, always uh, always ask questions if you have them. Don't make assumptions because it can cost you money. It's It's your money. It's real money. Like, mistakes at a table cost you actual dollars. So, if you have any kind of question about anything, don't feel bad about asking questions. All right, guys, I, you know, I I laid that out in a little outline in my little notepad here. I don't know how good I did describing it, but there's a little 30 minute lesson on newbies to the casino playing poker. Um, I hope that it's helpful. Um, If I could tell you anything out of all of that, that is my best advice. It would definitely be ask questions. If you have, you know, if you forget anything I just said, something I said didn't make sense, just don't stress about it. Just ask questions. Just ask questions when you get there to your card room. The staff and most card rooms are all pleasant. In my entire life of playing poker in all the rooms I've played in, which I have no idea at this point how many rooms it is, but it's a lot. I've only ever been to one room where people were rude to me. And that was the last time I ever went to that room, by the way. So uh, people are nice. They're happy to help. Uh, They want you to enjoy yourself. And uh, I want you to enjoy yourself and not make mistakes that cost you money. So that's why we did this. I hope that helped in some kind of way. Remember, subscribe if you haven't. Also remember to follow us on social media. It's Loving the Cash Games. You'll see that neon green logo on Instagram and Facebook. That's how you message me. And um, if you're somebody that's looking for a little bit more, you want a little bit more directed, more personal type help to getting better, um, we got the Patreon up and rolling. Got some good videos up already, some good extra bonus episodes of the podcast with some strategy discussions and stuff happening over there. So uh, if you want to check that out, lowlimitcashgames.com should take you straight there. And if for some reason that doesn't work, patreon.com slash lowlimitcashgames. All right, guys. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next time.
0: 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing
1: one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing chumba casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.